can hardly even stand in his presence. So this is a time of our transition here from worship to worship. We never start stop worshiping. Uh, I don't see many of our team here, ministry team, but do you have something to say or something to share or prophecy? <laughs> So I've shared before that God is working in my basement and the foundations of my belief systems from childhood, you know, and religious systems. And I've been having um, a difficult couple of weeks with emotions and feelings and um, not sleeping. And I was sitting yesterday and... I was thinking about how when people, when I minister to people, you know, or having a hard time, whatever, and, and I might give them a truth of scripture and everything. And <laughs> one of the things that God is targeting right now is my sense of responsibility. I'm responsible for everything. And sometimes you can take truths and make them formulas. And so, and I don't even think Satan had to say anything. I think I've been trained to just beat my own self up over the years. So I'm hearing myself say, you're not even using your declarations. You're not, you know, you're not worshiping. You're not praising to get to God and, you know, different things. And, <laughs> and in a moment, when I realized that I was taking all this responsibility and that my, if someone were to need something, my responsibility there wouldn't be to give them a formula, but to give, give them an encounter with Jesus, to change that. And that that's what I need, is an encounter with Jesus, not a formula, not to give my declarations, not to stand on the truth. And, some, and, and, and don't mishear me. <laughs> Those are right and good. But in every moment, in every situation, we need, like God, do, yeah, personal, God doesn't use the same, like look at the, all the battles the Israelites fought. They were all different. You know, one time they're just supposed to march around and do nothing and then shout. You know, it, it, all different ways. So there's different ways, and we need to know from God in each circumstance what is the way for me. And so when I had this thought Last night, all of a sudden, I felt peace that I hadn't felt in a couple of weeks, and I was able to sleep. And I was thinking today about Job, and about because I've always, you know, thought, well, I don't know what was so bad about his friend's advice. Well, all sounds pretty true and good when you read it, you know. But what the problem was was they they were holding Job responsible, and they weren't bringing Jesus to him an encounter with Jesus. He needed he needed God. He needed God to answer for his circumstance. Right? You know. Don't, anyway, I hope you're understanding me. But anyway. <laughs> yes. Good. 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 Did you want to say anything, Miss Tao? No. Okay. Yes. So just as Bonnie was saying that, you know, she was saying this is not a formula, you know, making declarations, spending time in worship, 
You know, there are so many tools. I call those things tools that God gives us, tools for our tool belt. And a a carpenter doesn't take all the tools out at once and say, I'm going to pull them all out, and I'm just going to light them all up with electricity and get the house built. No, he goes to the master plan, the, the architect's plan, and he says, okay, what tool do I need right now? Sometimes the tool that you need is just to rest, just to soak in his presence, just to be a daughter, to be a son. Sometimes there is a a call to press forward in war by making a declaration in the face of circumstances that are dark. But it's it's so true, and we totally hear what you're saying, Fani. It's it is that was a good word because we would never want anyone in this church to be confused thinking that, well, if I just keep doing this formula, it's all about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. It's all about hearing what is he, what is he speaking to me right now? What's he leading me to do? Am I, am I being led to just read the word, just to meditate on a truth? Am I being led to meet with somebody and just pray together? Or maybe not even pray, just have coffee together, just have fellowship. He will lead us in so many different ways, but it's so important that we stay connected to him and what he's saying. Amen. Amen. So, good morning. Aloha kakayaka from Hawaii. Speaking of Hawaii, it's shaking and quaking and the lava is flowing. So keep my family in prayer. I believe I'll be back there soon. Keep them in prayer. It's really bad. I've not, I've not seen it this bad. Uh, yeah, very scary. So anyway, this morning, uh, I was looking to the word of God, and, and this is what he brought to me. He said he's near to the brokenhearted, and those whose spirits are crushed, he saves. And that's in Psalms 34. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivers them out of them all. So today the Lord is saying, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to his word, and that will never fail. Because the Lord will tell you the truth. Do you need the truth? Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to his word. Don't get out, out there in weird weird land. Stayed close to the Lord and his word. His word is true. His word never fails. Jesus never fails. And he's also speaking about love. If you don't know the love of Jesus, ask him. Ask him to give you that love because we don't have it in ourselves. You know, we're always all angry and everything. We're always all judgmental and stuff. But you know, when you have Jesus in your life, he changes things. He's the only one. Holy Spirit is the only one that can change you. Man, woman, I don't care how beautiful or how handsome they are, they can't change you. It comes from within and it comes from Holy Spirit. But he's saying today, stay close. And I had this word, uh, not this week, but last week. But you know, God has a season and a time to speak a word, a now word that people need. And that's what we need. We don't need an old word from last month or last year. But the Lord says, I always have a now word. A word that my people need right now. And so, uh, let me put on my eyes. So the Lord, the Lord was speaking to me about, uh, he, well, he gave me three words. He said he's resetting, 
He's transforming and transitioning. And this is what he said. He said, be prepared. I have to, I have to write it down because I'd forget. He said, be prepared for what the Lord is about to do. There is a shaking taking place, not only in the earth, both in the natural and in the spiritual. The Lord said he's resetting. Whatever mistakes, doubts, and hurts of the past made yesterday. Uh, he said, ask him, and, 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 and if you've made any mistakes, ask him to forgive you, and he will. He restores, and he will add. But so he said, I'm resetting. I'm resetting your mind. I'm resetting your thinking. And so he says, because I'm transforming you. As we renew our mind in the reading of his word, he will transform us. He said, according to Romans 12, 2, he will transform our minds through the reading of his word. We will discover how much we really don't know about him, his plans, his purpose for our lives, but we will hunger for more as we renew our minds. And he will reveal his secrets to those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He will, we will be filled, he says, and that's his promise to us. So transitioning. Many of you are about to be transitioned. It may be, it may be uh, a week, it may be a month, it may be a year. But the Lord said, I'm transitioning my people, not only in the spirit, but also walking it out in ministry and in jobs and in careers. He says, his people will see a change and an upgrade in their lives as we start and continue to uh, continue an intimate relationship with him, praying in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you'll hear the heart of God. He makes it clear because he said, we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to pray, but when we pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. He knows what we need more than we do. So he said to pray in the spirit and you will have a fresh, clearer, and a more powerful understanding in the spiritual realm. This transition may also include a new career or a ministry, or also may include a change in environment that could be a move to another city, state, or country. The Lord said, be prepared. He said, I'm shaking. I'm shaking my body. And he said, and, and, and this comes to me, the brokenhearted, because he told me this this morning. If you need prayer for a broken, brokenness in your life, if anyone has come against you or your family, come against your ministry, if there's been any misunderstandings, he said, give it to him. You know, we, we're, we're the ones that need to forgive, Right? We, we, we're the forgivers. We, we know better. We, we forgive because God says to forgive. And you know what? That load will be lifted from you. The burden will be lifted from you. No matter what they've done, as long as we're close to Jesus, as long as we follow his heart, no matter what anyone's done to you, no matter the mess they, they have tried, made, no matter the lies that they told about you or your family, God says, I'm close to you. Stay close to me. 
I was looking at those three boys there. They remind me of my nephews, Zach, Connor, and Jordan. In fact, one of my, one of my nephews is named Jordan. They're in Hawaii right now. They're, they're old now. All three of them are cops. I know. Go figure. All three brothers. But, yeah, I just looked at them. They're such good-looking kids. You're blessed. And the Lord says, you are blessed, and you are highly favored. He says, don't let your guard down, but lift your hearts to me. Lift your voices to me. Don't tell it around to anyone else. But the Lord says, keep close to me, because I am close to you. This is not an accident that you came into this place today. God positions. He, trans, he, he does that, right? He positions you in places that you don't even know. But the Holy Spirit knows, and he knows what you need, and he knows how you need to be fed. And today, this word is for you. You came here for a word, and God says, I've given you that word. And he said, take it and run with it, because I will prosper you in all your ways. Everything you put your hands to do, it shall prosper. It shall not be condemned by man. It shall not be condemned by the devil. The Lord says, I prosper you. I love you, my son, he says. Stephen, he's talking to you. I love you, and no, you've not done anything wrong. The enemy would come in and say, oh, you did this, and you did that, and you, didn't, you weren't faithful in this, but the Lord said, no, I see your heart, and your heart is faithful to me. You hung and thirst after me and so therefore I will prosper that work in your hands says the Lord amen everyone just give the Lord a praise and, and Lord oh Lord thank you Jesus he changes lives he changes lives amen so um, if anyone has a praise report or a prophecy from the Lord here's the mic if not I'll give it over and hand it over to Pastor Scott Come on, don't be shy. Well, that was a good word. I wish I was sitting in your seat today because I, I want that. Actually, you know, when, when a word is spoken, when a, when a prophetic word is spoken, you can receive that for yourself. You can take it. When she said take it, I was reminded of a word that I <clears throat> have had some fun with this morning. You know, a couple weeks in a row, we talked about this word, exousia. It's where in John chapter 1, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave exousia, the authority. It's a fun word to say. It just sounds good. It feels good on my tongue. Exousia. But there's a new word, lambano. <laughs> I almost wanted to say lombardo, but no, that's a street in Bremerton, and that's a drummer's last name, but it's not the word. The word is lambano. And when we, hang on, there we go. When we read that scripture in, uh, I, don't, I didn't write the references down, but I think it's Matt, well, it's probably all the gospels. Jesus said, freely you have received. Or in the book of Acts when it talks about how they received, have you received the Holy Spirit? That word is often the word lambano, and it doesn't mean to just lay back and do nothing and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Lambano, receive, means to grab, to take it, to reach out and grasp. When we receive from the Lord, we actually can pull. 
that thing into our life. We can pull that word. We can pull that blessing that's been spoken. When we read that scripture, we, we draw. We draw in the truth. We draw in the word of God into our lives. There, there is a place for soaking. I think it's great. I soak quite a bit when I'm delivering mail. Put on the, the earbuds and I just soak. Sometimes I'll engage in worship. Sometimes I just receive and grab hold of truths that I'm listening to. But look at that little princess. Man, she's just so cute. All three of you princesses, but babies are super cute. So anyway, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me this week is it's just this thing of receiving and grabbing hold. You know, sometimes when we're singing these worship sets, um, the worship leader will say, pull down heaven with your praise. There's something about pulling on heaven. There's something about tugging on the presence of God. Just like the woman who, who had that issue of blood and she reached out and grabbed Jesus' hem of his garment, she pulled on his power. She had faith that if she just touched the hem of his garment, she would be healed. She reached out and grabbed it and slipped away, and Jesus felt it. He actually felt the virtue leave his body. He's like, who touched me? And it was a crowd of people, and the disciples are like, there's people all over touching you. What are you talking about? No, somebody pulled on my power. Somebody touched me, he said. I felt virtue leave my body. So this week, I've just felt this God's been carrying me in, into a, through, I should say, a week of just encounter. I've just been enjoying encountering his presence. I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to make myself sound super spiritual because I believe that all of us who have been redeemed, all of us who are sons and daughters of God, who have put their trust in Jesus, you have an inheritance you have a legacy, a birthright, and part of that inheritance that Jesus paid his precious blood for is that you would have access to the very throne of God at all times. In fact, he tells us to come boldly. If, he, if it's about getting mercy and grace because you've messed up, come boldly and receive it. Jesus paid the price so you could come in, so that you could have a relationship with the Father and with him and with the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was a new Christian, I, one of the first scriptures that really concerned me and kind of spoke deeply to me was when Jesus said, in that day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all this stuff? Didn't we do miracles? Didn't we heal the sick? And didn't we do, do things? Didn't we minister? And he will say to many people, he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And at, when I read that as a new Christian, there was a passion inside of me to know him. I didn't want to just fall into the trap of playing church, playing religion. There was that quote that would always go around in, in the 90s, probably still today. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. And it's so true. We can get caught up in religious duty. That religious duty could just be putting on praise music and reading the Bible. But those things are tools, as what we were saying with Vani's encouragement that she gave us. Those things are tools to bring you into an encounter and in a into a relationship with him. He really is real, and he really wants us to know him. 
and he wants us to know intimacy with him. He wants you to know that you can have a life in this earth before you get to heaven where you walk with him and talk with him. Isn't there an old song that you grew up with? He walks with me and he talks with me. I, I don't know. I think these people in the old Assembly of God days, they were probably loving the presence of God, and they created these songs that now we listen to, and we're like, those are kind of corny. But those were powerful things because they were experiencing a move of God, and the presence of God was manifesting in a way where they realized this is what Jesus paid for, that I could be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I could be overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and as we sing in our modern, recent songs, Christ before me, Christ behind me, I am firmly held. You are in Christ. Your life is hidden in Christ. You are firmly held. Your life, your circumstances, your future, your dreams, your children, your job, your health, your finances, everything is in Christ. If you're a believer, you are firmly held. It is all in him. And that means there is an answer, there is an upgrade, there is a trade for everything that comes against you. There is something that God has in exchange because you're in Christ. Prophesy. <laughs> I think sometimes we just need to settle ourselves before him to really just get his heart and to hear how he feels about us because I think sometimes we just get so busy with our day-to-day -day stuff that we're like, oh, I don't hear God. I don't, you know, I don't know how he feels about me. And we need to sometimes just put all that stuff aside and just settle down before him. And sometimes it might require, I'm not moving from this spot until I know how you feel about me or how, you know, what I need to do for this situation. Sometimes you have to be like, I'm not going to move. So. That's good. Yeah, and being a stay-at-home mom who's homeschooling five kids, you don't always get X amount of minutes to spend in the Word. Maybe you've overslept. Maybe you didn't get your quiet time. Does that mean you should walk throughout the day feeling disconnected from God because you didn't, get, you didn't take up that tool? You didn't use the tool first thing in the morning, the tool of the Word of God, the tool of prayer? We can have fellowship with him all day long. I don't spend my day climbing around to every house that I deliver mail to on my knees praying, yet I deliver mail, I do my job, and I enjoy his presence while I'm doing it because I'm fellowshipping with him. And what, what that comes from is a revelation or an expanding in my understanding. Why, I just made a rhyme. My, <laughs> there's been an expansion. There has been a, a revelation that I've gotten, and I'm walking in it. The revelation is true for me, and it's true, just as true for you, that his presence over your life as a believer is, is real, it's powerful, and it's close. As Val was saying, he's near to the brokenhearted. He's near to those who are full of his joy. He's near to the blessed. He's near to the depressed. He's near to all. And you have been given through Jesus' covenant on the cross, made in blood, open access. You have the, the fastest Wi-Fi connection. We'll put it in modern terms. 
you have a wife a Wi-Fi connection that is unbroken, you will not get your call dropped. He is constantly with you. And he wants to teach us. He wants to reveal to us how strong and real his ever-present help is to all of us. So that's kind of been my week, has been just meditating on, focusing on, listening to teaching that just has been talking about things like impartation and receiving, receiving from him um, and, and giving away as well. You know, what we give out of, out of what God gives us, when we receive inspiration, when we receive life from him, we can release the presence of God to people around us. We can actually carry an encounter wherever we go and bring other people into that encounter. Maybe they'll feel his presence, maybe they won't, but he may give you a word. He may speak something from heaven as you're enjoying that open heaven presence of God as you walk and as you go into stores or interact with people around you. He may speak something and drop something into your heart, and you can give that to that person. A few weeks ago, I had that um, thing. I, think, I don't think I shared it with everyone in the, in the Sunday gathering. Maybe it was at our house. I was being a weird mailman. I was walking in a cul-de-sac where I didn't think anybody saw me, and I was worshiping, and I just stuck my hands way up in the air. I'm like, oh, no one's around. I can just stretch. And as I looked over, there was a lady, a mom and a daughter. There was an older mother and an older daughter. They, weren't, they didn't see me, though. I don't think they did. But I just kind of put my hands down. I was just like, yeah, I'm just stretching. And... Uh, <clears throat> But I felt in that atmosphere of worship, so that was the tool I was using at that moment was worship. And I was feeling the presence because I've gotten used to expecting his presence to come upon me as I worship. Not because I deserve it, but because Jesus paid for it. So I walk in what Jesus paid for, and I enjoy the presence, and I'm worshiping, and and then I put my hands down because I see some people, and immediately he dropped something in my heart that there is a need for healing in that woman's body. I'm like, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I release that to that person without feeling uncomfortable? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. (laughs) I had to take a risk. I had to take a risk of being looking foolish or weird, like why is the mailman wanting to talk to me about prayer and healing I had to take a risk but I did I got all the way around I my test I I do put out a fleece I take I test God a little bit and I say okay God by the time I get around to that mailbox if they're still there then I'll then I'll give it to him sometimes I know that's his way of just confirming with me because if I'm still a half a block away and they disappear it's like well I'm not gonna freak out and go run after them and say hey wait or go knock on their door. I do have a job to do, and I think God is honored when I do my job without skipping out on work to do stuff. Anyway, you know what I mean. So anyway, so I, I bridged into that conversation with the mother and daughter, and I asked if there was a need for prayer, and God opened that up, and I prayed, and there was some, some happening. Something was going on. There was some emotion, and, so, and I felt the presence of God moving. We all have the ability to, as we walk with Jesus, to feel, I shouldn't say the ability, to feel. We all have the ability to know 
within your knower that you know that you know that you know that his presence is with you. And if you're not convinced by it, can get convinced as, as Val was saying, I think, Romans 12, 2, be transformed by renewing your mind. We renew our mind with the truth, and the truth of God says that his presence is with us, that he lives inside of believers. Uh, I didn't pull up a bunch of scriptures to back all of those things up, but I don't think anyone would argue with me that the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit presence can come upon you just like in the book of Acts. So he's with you. He's in you for your own sake to get you to heaven because it's a guarantee. It's a deposit. According to Ephesians 1, you've received this deposit, a guarantee, the Holy Spirit who is a seal. So he's in you for your sake to get you to heaven. And he also comes upon you. He wells up within you, fills you, and comes upon you so that you can minister to people. He wants to bless you by allowing you to see how strong and present he is in your life and how he can give a good gift to somebody else through you through your just being flexible it's all about being flexible so we're going to shift gears a little bit we're going to go into just a, a smidgen of teaching so, Isabel, if you would put up the first portion of Scripture, Ephesians 4. So, last week, we shared some things about the prophetic. We talked about how prophetic ministry in our lives set us on a journey to plant a church. We talked about how prophetic words, which should line up with Scripture, okay, do I need to clarify that? I mean, if someone says, I give you a prophetic word, go kill your neighbor, that would not be a prophetic word from God. Doy. I don't need to say that. So anyway, when, when God gives you a prophetic word through a person who maybe is, is uh, just a prophetic person, they may be a prophet or they may actually just be a, a saint who has a, an understanding that's been unlocked inside of them. So we talked about the prophetic and the power of it, and I think we might just... Stay on that a little bit more today, but we're going to reference Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 this morning, and we'll just talk a little bit about these gifts that Christ gave to the church. So you guys can read back there. I'll read on that wall the same thing. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Pause for a second. That is the only place in the New Testament where the word pastor is used. Second Timothy and other scripture references talk about elders and deacons or overseers. Um, elders are overseers and they are shepherds. So a pastor could be like an elder, but this is actually the only place in the Bible where we pull the word pastor. But it seems to be the number one title that and we joke with, uh, Val jokes with me about calling me pastor, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I am pastoral. I am very pastoral. But these gifts, there's more than just one. There's more than just prophet, even though prophets are awesome because prophets bring a gift to the church. They teach us and help us unlock that ability to hear God more clearly. Apostles have an anointing to give to the church. Oh, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself here. Let's just read the scripture. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers for a purpose, 
to equip his people for the works of service. So those aren't the ones that do all the work of ministry. Rather, they equip us as a priesthood of all believers, from the oldest to the youngest. Oscar is a priest. He is a royal priest in the household of God. There is no junior Holy Spirit. He has the same Holy Spirit that, I won't pick someone because of age, but same Holy Spirit that I have. 50-year-old dad, six-year-old boy, same Holy Spirit, same identity because of Jesus. So these five gifts, these, this five, we call it the five-fold ministry, they are given to the church to equip us to do works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until, now I highlight the word until because some people think that, well, apostles, prophets, they, they no longer exist because they died with the original 12 and the prophets, you know, we don't need them either because we have the Bible now. Whatever, you know, people, people teach weird stuff. They want to try to excuse why they don't see things in their current experience that they read in the Bible, so they, they assume it must not be for today. They change, they water down the word of God to fit their current experience instead of challenging their current experience to rise up to the word of God. But no condemnation, we just pray for revelation for all of us to continue to grow in our understanding of what God is up to, what he's given us. So until, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God is up to something. He wants to equip the church so that we would have all of the needs, all of the, the things that our ministry needs in this realm that we live in, in your sphere that you walk in, that all of your ministry tools that you need would be given to you, that you would be equipped. And he gave the five-fold ministry as key equippers key anointings to unlock things inside of you. So we don't just need an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor and a teacher to do everything in that, and we will just be sheep that get taken care of. We all should be taken care of. We should take care of each other. We should look out for one another. But the pastor was never intended to do all of that for us. I would, I just kind of took down some notes. You know, the fivefold ministry is not just people. They're not just peoples. It's not just men and women who have an office of apostle or prophet or evangelist or pastor teacher. I like this word. Now, this is not a, a word that I pulled from a scripture, so give me some grace, but I think it helps. The atmospheres that those offices release are what, the, are what the gifts that they carry are. In other words, the atmosphere of being apostolic, an atmosphere of being prophetic or evangelistic or pastoral or able to teach, atmospheres, or you could use the word anointing or unlocking. They, they release something in what you might think of as the average believer. And what happens is there, you know, the Bible says that we have been given fullness in Christ. I think I have those notes. So Colossians 2.10 says that in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwelt in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in him. And then again, in 2 Peter 
it says that you have, we have been given everything we need for life and godliness by his spirit, by his power, and through our knowledge of him. So we have been given everything we need. Well, then why do we need these ministry gifts to give us something extra? I believe that, that the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher equip us by releasing an anointing, releasing an unction of the Holy Spirit that we already carry and unlocking something that's already within us that God has given us. You know, we get transformed by renewing our mind. Jesus said you would know the truth and the truth would set you free. We get transformed from glory to glory to glory as we behold Jesus. So there's a transformation that happens in us, but, but the Bible's clear that we've already been given everything we need. We have the fullness of God living in us, yet we can receive something from these ministers that unlocks things. And you don't have to go to an apostle to become apostolic, although I think if there was one in the room ministering, I would, I would receive, I would lambano, <laughs> I would pull, I would grab, I would receive or take. Lancer's done this before. When he's praying for people and he's feeling the presence of God moving, he's like, take it, just take it. That's what receiving is. So if there was an apostle in the room ministering, I would want to take it. I would want to pull from what he's carrying to unlock things in my own life, in my own ministry. Does that make sense? just kind of an interesting picture to kind of help put together how these things flow together so that we don't separate things in our thinking well here's your offices of ministry and they do all of those things we're just the saints that get to go pray for for people maybe heal a few people you know heal the sick no those gifts were given to us to to make the church like those gifts apostolic prophetic all of us have the ability to be prophetic, to prophesy. What's required is a gifting unlocked and an understanding that you have the ability to hear the voice of God for yourself. Okay. We're going to wind things up here. <clears throat> One interesting thing I was thinking about, you know, there's a few scripture references. If you want them, you can write them down, but they're pretty easy to find. If you Google anything these days, you can find it. Um, just, just examples in the Old Testament how the Spirit of God would come upon people and they would begin to prophesy. When the Holy Spirit comes upon a person in the Old Testament, the power of God is so strong that they begin to hear the thoughts of God, the words of God, and they begin to speak it out almost uncontrollably. Saul was not a very good man, a very good king. He did a lot of evil things. But when he got in the company of the prophets and the Spirit of God fell on him, he began to prophesy too. It's pretty interesting. When the Spirit of God falls on somebody, they can prophesy. In the New Testament, which is a greater covenant, the new covenant that Jesus made and opened for us through his blood, through his broken body, your inheritance, my inheritance, is that we would not just have an occasional revival or an occasional outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but that we would be that revival. We would carry that presence because we have this habitation. I like how Graham Cook says that we are a habitation people, not a visitation people, but we are a habitation 
In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and visit and lift. He would drop down on people and lift. After Jesus finished the work of the cross, taking care of the issue of sin so that we don't need sin to get in the way any longer, now we can have a habitation relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit coming in and inhabiting your, your body as a temple. And now, because you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you have, as part of your inheritance, the mind of Christ. You have the very mind, the very thoughts of God at work inside of you, and you don't even know it probably. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't recognize it at all times. Maybe you're not turned towards it in your spirit. You know, the Bible does say to set your minds on certain things, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated and where you are seated with him. It's about our mindset. Sometimes we just got to get the wires connected in the right direction because we can be set on the things of the flesh, but that's not who we're called to be. We're called to be people that set our minds on things above where Christ is seated. So let's go ahead and look at that next scripture. And then we're probably going to just wind it up with this because I'd love to take some time and pray for anyone that wants prayer and just have time to fellowship. It's a beautiful day out today. So Ephesians, no? Oh, sorry, were you going to go on to the next? Oh, that was the rest of Ephesians. We didn't even read all of Ephesians. That's okay. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12 and verse 16. I had to cut it out, some of it out just for the sake of having too much out there, but you can read it yourself if you want. I would encourage you to. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. But as it is written, this is so funny, church believers, because many people will quote this scripture and stop at the blue part. No eye has seen and no ear has heard, no heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him, period. And then they walk away. And you're like, wow, so there's just so much we'll never know until we get to heaven. But read the rest of the verse. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. <laughs> In other words, that's the Old Testament quote of Isaiah 64, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man has con conceived or imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But these are the things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. Next verse, or next part. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? Nobody in this room can read your mind. If they say they can, rebuke them. I don't know, is that a spiritual gift? Mind reading? There is one mind we should read, and that is the mind of God, the mind of Christ, because the scripture tells us that's the mind that we've received. So no one knows a person's thoughts except the spirit that's in that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Fair enough. Okay. Your spirit, your own personal spirit that you were given at birth, life was breathed into you by God. No one can read the thoughts of that person that lives inside that tent of flesh that you walk around in. Nobody can read your thoughts. Nobody knows your thoughts except for the one who made you and you. And nobody knows his thoughts except for him and who he chooses to reveal it to. So, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. There's some gifts. If you got an inheritance that you didn't know was yours and you found out that you had this wealthy millionaire uncle living in Seattle or Hawaii or wherever, and you're like, someone sent you a, a certified letter saying you've got an inheritance, you're going to rip that thing open and be like, what did I get? What are my gifts? We've got some gifts, and God has given us the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to reveal the thoughts of God into your, in, to merge those things into your spirit so that you would know the thoughts that God has, the thoughts that he has for you. So that, yeah, thanks. Didn't even have to ask. So that is, uh, we're, so we're skipping from verse 12. So there's four verses I skipped, just so you know, because it goes back and forth with the spirit of, you know, the person who doesn't have the spirit, not understanding these things because they're spiritually discerned. But for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Another quote from the Old Testament. I think it's Isaiah 42 or somewhere in there. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him or to be his counselor? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Come on, I know you got a prophecy or something. I don't, sorry. Okay, so this is what we'll close with. We'll go on to the next slide, but I'm going to have all you stand. And we're going to pray. And we're going to just look at the... This slide, what I did was I pulled some of the words from last week that were a prophetic word given by a, either a prophet or a prophetic believer to us when we were Hope Renewal Ministries, but I only pulled a few parts of it because I felt like it was just speaking to what we were going to talk about today, this thing of intimacy that God wants with us. So you can go ahead and put it up there. You see it? Oh, there it is. So... These were just letters from an acronym for Hope Renewal Ministries. And I only pulled these words here, um, these lines from the prophetic word. So I would encourage you to take these for yourself. Even if Legacy City Church is not your church forever, or maybe it's not your home church, these are words that all of us as believers can take with us, that we would be excellent stewards of his presence. In other words, you would have understanding that you carry Jesus everywhere you go, and you would steward what he's given you. You would take the thoughts he's speaking to you. You would take the power that he's placed inside of your body, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work within you, to release that life to others to release it to yourself when you're sick or needing some encouragement. You can pray for yourself. I don't know if you knew that. Lay hands on your own head. Pray over yourself. I, you don't have to now, but you can if you want. Go ahead. It's all right, Savvy. So excellent stewards of his presence, releasing everlasting newness of life. I have a river of life flowing out of me. It's not just a song. It's a scripture. Jesus said, out of your innermost being, out of your belly, would flow rivers of living water. Rivers, like streams. So I highlighted that in blue just so you'd get the, get the hint. It's water. It's living. It's the presence of God flowing out. Streams. 
So steward his presence, newness of life being released from, your, from who you are, you as a person, miracles, signs, and wonders, intimacy and authentic is ours, or intimacy and authenticity, and nearness to God. He wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with me. He doesn't want us to play church. He doesn't want us to play religion. We don't have to do religious duties and jump through hoops to please him. Jesus has pleased him fully by his life that he walked out, by perfectly obeying the law for us, for making provision for us to receive the free gift of righteousness. Jesus has done it all. That's why we worship him. And we, as the Moravian people say, we want to see the Lamb of God get his full reward of his suffering. He paid a high price. Jesus paid the highest price. How could we not live for him? How could we not give him access to every part of who we are and let him do what he wants? Let him clean house. Let him, let him prune. Let him purge. Let him fill, let him flood and overflow. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And we just surrender once again all that we are. We just take this moment to surrender, to say something that we've most likely already done. We just do it over and over. We offer ourselves to you in worship, in, a, in an attitude of surrender. We give our hearts to you and we just say, here's our heart. Take it. It's yours. It's your home. My heart is your throne, Jesus. Jesus, you're the king of kings. Come and be the king of this heart. Come and rule and reign and establish your kingdom, your government over my life. Let me know your love and, and your heart, the Father's heart over my life. We open up our ears to hear what your spirit is saying at all times. We want to unlock, and we just ask you today, Holy Spirit, come and unlock the things inside of us that need unlocking. We want to know you, we want to hear you, and we want to walk with you and stay in step with you. So we worship you and we praise your name, in Jesus' name. Amen.